think it's interesting what Pastor said about the angels being here. The title of what I'm going to teach on tonight, it doesn't deal with angels, but it's, the title is, You Are Being Watched. <laughs> hmm. Hallelujah. And I'm, I'm going to give you all a little test. I don't think anybody's heard this testimony. I don't, I've never t- shared this with anybody. Uh, in Isaiah 55, verse 8 and 9, says, For my thoughts are not your thoughts. This is God talking. Neither are your ways my ways, saith the Lord. For as the heavens are higher than the earth, so are my ways higher than your ways, and my thoughts than your thoughts. See, Jesus chose to do things God's way. Being hung on the cross wasn't what his flesh wanted to do. Because in Luke 22, 41 and 42, it tells us that Jesus knelt down and prayed, and saying, Father, if thou, if thou be willing, remove this cup from me. Nevertheless, not my will, but thine be done. We always hear people, or I don't know if y'all do, but I work out there in the mill, and you hear people, they like to uh, say what what's on their mind. And, you know, they, they exalt that as being, I'm tough, I'm brave, I like to say what's on my mind. Those kind of people. But you know, it actually takes more strength sometimes to keep your mouth shut. <laughs> you know, they think they're strong or they feel strong because they voice their opinion, because they tell people, I don't like this, this is not right. Whether they're right or wrong, they're voicing what they think. But sometimes it takes more strength to keep our mouths closed and to listen to what God has to say. Because a lot of times when people speak like that, all they're doing is giving an emotional release to something that's built up in them. And uh, if you're a Christian and you do that, it doesn't do anything for the kingdom. It actually hinders the kingdom. Because there was a guy out there that, well, he's still there, that goes to a church. I, everybody knows he goes to church. But he was having a bad day. Only his machine wasn't running right, so the guy that he sends product to came to check on him. He uh, used some foul language at him, sent him back. The guy just come to help him. Well, later on in the day, he went to the guy and invited him to church. Needless to say, he didn't go. <laughs> okay. So it takes, sometimes you got to learn to keep your mouth closed. I'm going to tell you all a story. This was years ago. Robbie was about 17 or 18. We, uh, Dan and I were gone on vacation. And I got a neighbor that's known for not being very nice. He's never been a problem you know, I'd always just speak to him. But he, uh, while we were gone, and the guy's just a few years younger than I am, while, he, while we were gone, we got a phone call from Robbie. Robbie had drove across his yard, just the edge of it. It didn't hurt his grass. It was dry, but still, it was his yard. He wasn't supposed to do that. <laughs> but at 17, 18 years old, you don't, he's pulling into, into, the, into a parking space there in our driveway. So he drove across the corner of his yard, and the guy saw him. So he proceeded to come over there, and Robbie done got out of his vehicle, standing there, and Robbie's 17, 18 years old. He's as big then as he is now. You know, I wasn't worried about him taking care of himself. But the guy come over there and was using all kinds of language that Robbie doesn't listen to, is not used to hearing, and just he basically cussed, cussed him out. And the only thing that kept Robbie from getting on him 
was because we had taught him to respect his elders, respect people that are older than you. So he never he never said a thing to him. He didn't he didn't he responded right. He didn't jump on him or anything. Well, he called us and told us what had happened. I'm not a violent person, <laughs> but when I first heard that, you know what the thoughts were in my head? I done plan. I was planning. Things start going. You know, even though he was big enough to take care of himself, he's still my son. This is what I wanted to do. Because we were driving back, so I had plenty of time to think. I wanted to go over and knock on the guy's door when I got home. And when he answered the door, grabbed him by his breeches leg, because the house was about to have off the ground, drag him outside. You know, I'm just telling you, this is what was going through my head. I want to drag him outside and have a little conference. And it wasn't going to be good for him. But uh, God said, no, you can't do that. Well, God cannot at least call the police on him. He come over into my yard harassing my son. No, you can't do, can't do that either. What he had me to do, when it goes, this says my, his ways are not our ways, he uh, had me to make a pan of brownies. Something that I like to make for my own self, I had to make them. Took, they take about an hour to make and cook and stir it all up. An hour of my time. Plus my food that was in my cabinet. I had to make them, carry them to him, go knock on their door, and off and give them to him. A man that I wanted to do physical damage to. <laughs> the thought did happen. The thought came. I could fix these. A lot of stuff goes through your head when you're in situations like that. God says his ways are not our ways. So I had to make him and carry him over there. Knocked on his door and he come to the door. And I apologized for what my son done. And I give him to him. But God did let me tell him one thing. Says if he let me at least tell him, say that if anything ever happens in my yard, in my house, in my family, you come talk to me. Said, you don't talk to my family. You don't talk to my wife, my kids. You come talk to me. Never heard another word from him. But because I responded the way God told me to, if I was to see the man right now, if I was to walk into Walmart, there's no ill feelings between us. Matter of fact, he was, he was a hard person to get along with. He and his wife are already... They got a divorce not long after that. And I had a guy at work tell me, because he knew where I lived, knew who I lived by, I said, would you ever have any trouble with him? So I knew he was a pretty hard person to get along with. He said, nobody that he works with can stand him. Uh, that came from somebody that was, they just walked up and told me. That's the kind of person he was. But because I responded the right way, listened to what God said, I have repaired his defense for his wife or his ex-wife. A tree limb fell on it. We're all, she still lives there. We're, we're friends. We speak to each other. She comes outside. There's no ill feelings there. His son had to break into their house. He locked himself out one day. Who'd he come to? 
can you, uh, I broke the window in the bathroom and it, it, and it was on the weekend and nobody can fix it. I need it covered. Can you, I got some plot, got some wood and went over and covered their window for them. That wouldn't have happened if I drug his daddy outside. And <laughs> Well, let's just, you know, it wouldn't have happened that way. But because I'd done that, but because I was able to do to respond the right way, and it's it's what Pastor Angie teaches all the time: disarming the enemy, disarming the enemy. And another thing that we have to look at when we disarm the enemy is it wasn't even really about me. It was to a point. I get up, we get up, and we go to church every Sunday. They know that. His wife goes to church. He didn't. But they knew up. They knew we did. What would it have done to the reputation of Freedom Ministries had I responded wrong? We set a bad example. Oh, he goes to that church. But not just Freedom Ministries. We represent Jesus. That's what counts. But Freedom Ministries represents Jesus, and then we individually represent Jesus. Because in 2 Corinthians 5.20, it says, it says, We are ambassadors for Christ. In other words, if you look up at ambassadors, it means to act as a representative. Jesus wouldn't have did what I wanted to do. I mean, he, let's just say he wouldn't have done that. He would have responded the right way. You know, when I first began to get on Facebook a little bit or thinking about it, I remember talking to Elder Carl and about responding the right way. He told me one day, he says, when before you repost something on there that you see that you like, it may be a fantastic saying. It may sound great. Look and see where it came from. He said, check and see. Look and see who you're endorsing. Because I've done that. I've seen some things on there that's really nice quotes, and I think, well, I, I would like to repost this. And then I click to sit on that person or whatever, and the first thing you see is a big Buddha or one of these other big, uh, whatever they are, that Indian god, whatever it is. It's like dead God. It's like if I post this, my name's Robert Jones. I go to Freedom Ministries. If I post this, somebody's going to say, oh, Robert Jones goes to Freedom Ministries. He agrees with this. Mm-hmm. They will put it in. They will line it up with you. So we always have to watch what we do. We have to be led by the Holy Spirit. I'm just thankful that we had about a seven-hour drive from Pensacola. Gives you some time to think. Gives you time for God to speak before you act. Because I don't know how I would have responded had I been at home that day and walked outside and found him doing that. I might not have responded the same way. But because I had the time to seek God and say, God, this is what I want to do. But what do you want me to do? 
and they didn't line up. But the thing is, when it was all over with, I had the victory. I represented God. And at the first, I said, we are being watched. Who was watching? My wife was watching to see how I responded. Because I'd done talk to her. She knew I wasn't happy. My son was watching to see how I responded. If I had responded like I wanted to, then somewhere down the line, he would probably think, well, I have, I can respond the same way. But, but I didn't. He was watching to see how I responded. His wife was watching to see how I responded. And so was his son. His son, I think, is fixing to graduate, or already graduated last year. But he was a young boy at that time. That would not have been a good testimony. But when it was over with, I had the victory. And I had peace. I wouldn't have had any peace had I hurt the man. I probably had some hospital bills to pay. But when we respond right, when we listen to what God says, he's the one that will end up and get the glory. Yes, because I could, I could walk up to him right now and talk to the guy, but I couldn't. I could witness to the guy, if the Holy Spirit said to. But my witness, if I'd responded the wrong way, would have been just useless. It would be shot from now on. Amen. Yes, he would have. But he has nothing to say now. He cannot say a single thing wrong because God's thoughts are not ours. Amen. Amen. <laughs> and it's a, good, it's a good thing his thoughts are not ours and his ways are not ours because I know we've all probably been through something similar and we just got to listen to God and pray and hear what he says and trust that that will work. Those are the ones that we don't want to find when we're going through something. <laughs> Those are the ones that we just want to read over, but, the, but they're there. And God will bring them to us and make sure that we see them if we're, if we're seeking him. Amen. So just remember, we are being watched. We are being watched. Especially if people know that you're a Christian. And they will watch you. I'll tell you something else that happened one day at work. Years ago, God knew I was a Christian. I didn't use the language that mo most everybody used and stuff. And I didn't know he was anywhere around. But a girl come walking through. And she wasn't a nice-looking girl, but she was also mean. I, I knew she was mean. And I, she was about as far as from here, that back wall. And when I first seen her, she was walking sideways. I thought she had a black eye. And I thought, yeah, you messed with the wrong person. But I I went on about my job. I seen, seen her, and I went on, and then I... I looked again, 
and uh, she actually had on sunglasses, and it looked, I could see a dark spot, and I thought it, she'd, somebody done popped her. Well, the first thing that guy done was, I saw you. He thought I was looking at her. I was looking to see if somebody had done punched her in the eye. But people are watching. They are watching you. They're watching to see what you do when you hit your thumb with a hammer. <laughs> they are watching. But if we respond right, they'll see Jesus. Amen. That's what I wanted to share with you all tonight. Is that you're being watched. You can count on it. You are being watched. And we've got to respond the way Jesus would. Because we are being watched. Amen. Uh, um. I want us all to pray in just a minute for God to just strengthen us because, you know, it's funny that you preached about that because I was at Walmart picking up something from Michelle and I, ran, I was running home right before I came up here, right before I came up here. And, um, you know, sometimes people drive crazy in the Walmart parking lot. And there was, and there was, a, there was a man who was driving crazy. He ran right up behind me. And I didn't get out of his way fast enough, and he honked at me. And um, and I'm just, I'm furious. I'm like, I just want to stand right here and take my time, but make him wait on me. He needs to slow down in the parking lot anyway. There's a man right in front of me who has three kids that are all running around. I'm worried about them. And uh, um, I mean, that was the excuse I said in my head anyway when I was thinking of what I should do. And uh, But what came out of me was... I jumped out of his way real fast. I turned around and I said, I'm sorry. Sorry I'm in your way. And, um, and, you know, and, then, and then he made it worse because he, he made a face at me and laughed at me and squealed his tires and peeled off. And he's every bit of 80 years old, too. I mean, I don't. But, uh, but and then I got real mad. And I was like, and I was thinking of what you said, all the things we can do. Um, I could could follow him, but and find it and find out his license plate number and call the police and tell him he was driving. I mean, I ain't got time to do that. But what? <laughs> but what? Immediately, the Holy Spirit said was, "Why would a man at that stage of his life be that filled with anger? What's going on with him? You need to stop and pray for him." And so I stopped and I prayed for him. And I asked God to forgive me for being so angry with him, but I, it was not my first inclination to do something like that. And I told Michelle when I got home, I said, you know, if, if I hadn't had to come to church tonight, I said, maybe by tomorrow I'd have time to get a breakthrough over doing something wrong with him. But <laughs> if I hadn't come to church tonight, I said, I'm, but I said that jokingly, but I, I know what, because the Holy Spirit came up in me to even want to think something about that man. What I saw while we were just praying about responding the way the Holy Spirit would is a lot of times it's not the temptation to respond in sin, it's just the temptation to ignore something that the Holy Spirit would want to pay attention to. That if there's a need or if there's somebody who just who just needs somebody to care about them today. Um, yeah, a couple of weeks ago, I was helping out with a Girl Scout thing, and um, 
you know, there's a lady named Barbara Kickman that comes to church here every once in a while. And her granddaughter is um, very disabled. Um, and I actually didn't realize that um, that mentally she's fine. She's in the fourth grade and she does she understands everything that the fourth graders know. And I just, you know, I've, I've seen her. I just I made an assumption based on how she looked. But we were standing there, and she couldn't really participate in what the Girl Scouts were doing very much. And so I just went and sat down next to her and started talking to her like she was a normal kid. Um, just because the Holy, the Holy Spirit made me recognize her. And I said, I'm just going to go be nice to her. She may not remember anything or know who I am. I, I don't really understand. I didn't know what was go- all, what all was really wrong with her. But I said, I'm just going to go sit down with her and talk with her. And she, um, and she uses one of the little spelling boards uh, uh, like on her iPad, I think, to, to be able to talk to her parents. And um, she told them that the fa- her favorite part of the whole day was that Mr. Casey came by and spoke to her and that she loves me. She never spoke to me before. She loves me because I didn't make her feel stupid and that I cared about what, what she thought about something. And... Um, those kind of things, too, I see that we are, can be real quick to just not necessarily just get in the flesh, but just be in the flesh. Like I'm just going through my day and I'm busy and I have things to do and I have places to be and I can hear somebody tell me a need that they have and just and not allow the Holy Spirit to respond, not pull on the Holy Spirit because that cost me something right then when, when I may have somewhere else I want to be. And when instead, I can just let the Holy Spirit come out. And I went back over to her a couple, I saw her kind of motioning towards me, and she, um, she'll she grab and pinch you real hard because she, she just, I didn't realize that, I didn't, but she's trying to communicate. And if she really wants you to like, like she really wants you, she'll just squ- dig her nails in you and, uh, um, and she was, and she was doing that to me and her mom. She said, "No, no, you're gonna hurt him." And I said, "I said she's fine. We're just having a conversation," and um, and she just, and she just lit up. She lit up. She wanted to hold my hand the rest of the day, um, and the whole time I didn't realize. I thought I, I did not realize that she was not mentally. I thought that she was mentally handicapped, and that was the cause of the other things that was going on with her, but. Um, I just, you know, there's somebody with, I'm, yes, you can hold my hand. What, what do you need? I can just, I, I have something in me that I can pull out for you. That's whatever you need. And, um, but, but it changed her life for a little nine-year-old girl. It changed, it changed her life. She, she saw me today. I went and helped with the little Girl Scout thing they did today. And she saw me today immediately lit up she wanted to hold my hand um she had been waiting to see me again and um but and that's just that story but there's everybody we come across in the world um that we need to allow the holy spirit to respond through and that's something that michelle really taught me is because she's so sensitive to people and she'll stop whatever she's doing and she'll go over she'll witness anybody that she comes across she just has that spirit about her and um and i'm just i'm so singular focused all the time i have a if i'm going to walmart there's a purpose for me to be at walmart and it is not to witness somebody 
unless God told me to go there. It's never happened. So I'm there to pick up the things, and I'm there to get out of the store as quickly as possible. And I'll see people, and sometimes I'll just turn the other direction because <laughs> I don't want to have a conversation. I want to go home. Um, but I've, I've learned because Michelle's the exact opposite of me in that area, that when she, she's, she just is drawn, the, spirit, that the Holy Spirit in her is just uh, is drawn to anyone with a need, and she'll, she'll find that no matter where she's at, she'll, if she feels like she misses it and walks away, she's going to leave and go find that person. And, and, and make sure, not that she said something, make sure that she was able to deposit something from the Holy Spirit in them. And I, I don't know, I've, there's not very many people like her in that. And, but, I've le- but I've learned over time that instead of, how how you doing, and trying to get out, it's, holy, okay, I'm talking to this person, they've just showed up in Walmart, and I need to leave, but Holy Ghost... Why is this person in front of me? What what can I deposit into them? There was there has to be a reason why I ended up on this aisle and I'm I'm right next to this person. What can I what can I just deposit into them? I don't always get it, but I've but I've just learned over. The, I, it was right after we got married. It's the first time I noticed that about her, and and so I've just it's been something that I've just observed over the years that this is how we let the Holy Spirit respond to people. It's not. It's when we get angry, we got to let the Holy Ghost respond too. But um, it's also in the times when we're just not paying any attention at all, and um, and Holy Spirit wants to say something to somebody and just and just let them feel like somebody cares for a minute and that God's looking out for them. And um, so, Father, we just want to pray and seek after you tonight. God, that we be sensitive to the Holy Spirit, not just in times where we think we may sin, God, but that we learn to turn to the Holy Spirit. Holy Spirit to rise up inside of us, God, and be able to deposit life into every single person that we come across, God. Anyone, God, that we're so sensitive, Father, in the name of Jesus. That we're so sensitive that as we're out and we're around people, Father, that we are looking for some way that the Holy Spirit can reach out to them, God. Not, not just to stop us from being in sin, but not just to go about our own life like nothing else matters, but what we're doing, God, because you take us everywhere we go for a reason. The steps of a righteous man are ordered of the Lord. And so as I walk into Walmart, my steps into there, the fact that I'm there right then, are ordered of God. Father, what can I do? How can the Holy Spirit move through me? God, in the name of Jesus, Father, help us grow that in us, God. Grow that in us. Grow that in me, God. Grow it in me. In the name of Jesus, grow that that sensitivity to the Holy Spirit that wherever I go, the Holy Spirit gets to, gets to speak out of me, respond out of me in kindness, whether the person's being nice or whether they're being mean or they're not even paying me any attention, Father, but that I just hear the Holy Spirit in the name of Jesus, in the name of Jesus. Yes. Uh, when, I came back, when I came back from Vietnam, I had my heart went out to people. I was saved, man. Been saved for 71 years. And uh, my wife, Darlene, she's saved too. But there was this woman that lived in our neighborhood named Margaret. She was 91 years old. 
she would call my house eight, nine o'clock in the morning, call me crying. I said, Dorothy, what's wrong? She said, Don, I need somebody to take me to the grocery store. Would you please take me to the grocery store? I said, you know, I take you where you want to go. I said, what's wrong? My son-in-law cussing me. I said, I'll be down in just a minute. I'm going to knock his head off, but I can't do that. <laughs> and I went down, and I got him, picked her up, and I went and took her to Warren and bought her groceries. I'd done it for three years. And uh, I got home one day, and Darlene said, Don, Miss Dorothy called you again. She's crying. She won't talk to me. I said, okay. I said, why are you crying for me, Miss Dorothy? Don, I need some groceries. Will you please come and get me? I said, I sure will. I went down and got her. And that son-in-law of hers come up, and I said, man, would you please step out of the way, please? Because you be talking to her like that. She's an older woman. You'll have respect for her. So he left. I got her. He grabbed me, started hugging me, started crying. I said, you don't have to cry for me. I'm here to help you. I'm not here to hurt you. I'm here to help you. I'm a man of God. I like to help people. That's my job. I want to do it till I die. He said, she got in the car with me. I took her to Walmart. Got her groceries. She got to crying. She said, Don, I know what I'm going to do without you. I said, I'll always be here for you until I die. I'll be here for you to help you do anything you want me to do. And I said, now, in fact, I put the groceries in the house for you. She did it in the house trailer. So I put them in, in the house trailer for her. She comes. She <coughs> said, Don, please don't leave me. I said, well, Miss Dorothy, you have to understand I got a wife, and I love her, and I love you too, and I'll be here to serve you. Anytime you want me, you just pick up on them and call me. If it's in the middle of the night, call me, and I'll be here to help you. Then she passed away. But the Lord allowed me to do that. He had me in that position to honor him and to move in the direction he wanted me to go. I was on a mission. Mm -hmm. When he put me on a mission, I don't ask him when or for I can do what he says. So he knows when he put me on a mission, he knows I'll complete it. Without arguing with him, I'll tell him what time I'm going to leave or nothing. I just do what he asked me to do. That's all I do. And I'm proud to serve somebody like that. I love to help people out. Thank you. God bless. Thank you, Jesus. I'm always uh, hearing Brother Johnny talk about what he's doing when, when he's out on the job, and nobody, you know, that's integrity to do the same thing you would do when you don't think anybody's looking, because somebody's always watching. God's watching. Um, but Second Corinthians five fifteen says and that he died for all, that they which live should not live for themselves. That's why we do good. Jesus went about doing good. He didn't go live for his own life. He didn't, he didn't live for himself. It says, he died for all, that they which live should not hereafter live to themselves, but to him which died for them and rose again. So my life is not my life. My life is to go about doing good like he did. Amen. Thank you, Jesus. We don't live for ourselves, God. We live for you. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah, Jesus. Help us, God. Help us to live for you and not for ourselves, God. Help us, Jesus. Oh, thank you, Jesus. I know I, I need to repent because I, 
several years ago, I'm like Pastor Casey's talking about, I missed an opportunity in Walmart to minister to a lady. She was a cashier. And she had just lost her mother, I don't know, a week or two. But I heard it in her voice. But I was in a hurry to get out. I could have at least offered to pray with her. I mean, I wasn't in that big of a rush. But we did, we miss opportunities. Lord, I just ask you to forgive me for not taking the time. For not taking the time to be sensitive to the people. For even hearing the cry and not and, and just walking away. Lord, just forgive us. Forgive us, Lord, for not being sensitive to your spirit, for not being sensitive to the needs of the people that we come across. Lord, we just repent and ask that you forgive us, Lord. And we need to follow the quickening of him over our lives. We do. We need to follow him because I see wives pulling us every direction and wanting all of our time because we do y'all do go to work and but every second you have off they want you running here and there they can get in the car and go to walmart and if you let a wife do you like that she will she'll she'll take everything you have and there won't be nothing left for anybody else i'm sorry but people are we're usually selfish and unless they've given their life to jesus christ completely and sold out and he's first in them then they're first, and they want to be first in your eyes. And we do want our wives to be, we want to do for our wives, but we don't want to not witness because we got to go run 80 errands for her today. Right. That's serving our wife and not serving Jesus Christ. Right. Yeah. That's what that is. So we have to, there comes a time in ministry where we have to decide uh Am I going to do what God said today, or I'm going to let her run me around like a puppet? I'm just, I'm just being honest um, because I know people struggle with that. They struggle when they, when they try to go for God. Then here comes somebody upset because you prayed them. You know, uh, we do need to give them quality time, but we also seek ye first the kingdom. Then all these things will be added. And what you compromise to keep, you'll lose anyway. She won't have any respect for you. Because she really wants you to go after God. But most of the time, we don't make it easy for you. I wish that spouses did make it easy for each other. And maybe some do. But from what I've seen through the years, you know, uh, people have to make choices. And they have to, they have to decide, am I going to be sold out for God? And if he says, stay in Walmart, witness a little bit longer, but I'm worried about her, and that happens regularly. I mean, if that's just always on our mind more than the things of God, then we do have to pray and say, where are my priorities? Where are my priorities? Because the Word says, seek ye first the kingdom. I didn't say it. It didn't say, seek ye first your wife. Seek ye first the kingdom. Someone told me last week, they said, I don't have any balance in my life. I don't have any. And it's a man, and he works himself and works himself. And he thought, I'm going to move my whole family to Monroe so I can see my family more. He doesn't see his family anymore. And every time I'm around him, he says, I just need to find balance. I can't find any balance between church, work, and my family. And I, and, and I was fasting and praying over this person. And 
And God said, tell him, seek ye first the kingdom. Because until we, the reason there's no balance in his life, because the kingdom's not the priority. Other things are. And if we make them first, then other things are going to be out of order. Seek ye first the kingdom, then all these other things will be added. And don't think the enemy's not going to fight you at first, because he don't want you to put God first. He wants you to live, he wants us to live for ourselves and think we're doing good in that because we're taking care of our family and, 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 but are we doing the will of God for our life? Are you completing your destiny? Uh, is your whole life wrapped around one thing? Because if it is, it's out of balance. You got something to share about that? Because I'll start up something later. I know it. Yes, God, we give them our paycheck. We give them everything else. We're not giving them you. We're not giving. That's something I'm not giving. I'm not going to give my relationship with the Lord to my spouse. I'm going to give them everything else. I'm not going to give them that. And when we do, we're subject, we're, we're subject to control when we do that. We put ourselves under a spirit of control. Thank you, Jesus. And forgive us, God. Forgive us. Forgive us. Open our eyes. Open our eyes. Open our eyes to seek ye first the kingdom and all these other things. And we want to go on with God and they're not ready. God, we, we love them. We disarm the enemy. We do everything we can. But we still got to do what you say. Still got to do what you say. I remember over there in um, Africa, Dr. Sorella, one of the men he rose up is got the biggest church in the Well, I think it's the world, but I know it's Africa. Anyway, he, um, his first wife fought him, fought him, fought him. She did not want ministry. She wanted to live for herself. And now if we give in to that, what are we giving in to? And we can say, oh, we got to give our life because Christ did the church. I, yes, I agree with that. But you can do that and not go into the spirit. You can do that and not go into the spirit. But anyway, uh, she dropped dead. She dropped dead, and he, he got him a younger wife now, raising up all his kids. But, but God, he said, he said, do my prophets no harm, and, and they're in danger doing that, stopping the, the word, because that's what the, the enemy's trying to stop the word. And the other day when I was praying, I said, God, we put so much focus on worship, and I love worship, but, but lots of our prayers in here has been over our praise team for so many years. And, and, and I said, who's protecting the word? Because persecution comes for the word's sake. Get in safe for worship. Who's protecting that man that's fixing to get up there and bring that word or that woman? Who's protecting that? And instead of fighting it till it gets up there and it, you fight five days at home and then you, before you can even produce the word of God, there's something wrong with that, you know. So uh, who's protecting the word? Who's protecting the word? So we have to see that. Persecution's coming. The whole point of worship and everything else, one of the points is that the word goes deep into you so it can save your soul. So if I'm, if I'm, uh, if that's not protected in Elder Robert, we need to build up the man or woman bringing the word. We need to protect them. We need to do everything we can so they don't have to go through hell before they bring that word. You know, because they're already going to go through some stuff to bring the real truth. But, but we can make it easier. We don't have to fight them, you know. So, how many of y'all ever been fought when you want to bring the word? Mm -hmm. So, when you feel that battle, there used to be a, a battle every time I was going to preach. I didn't know what it was, but God finally showed me 
He said, because that word you're bringing is not for you. This trial is not just for you. It's because you're fixing to set people free with the word. I'm going to use you to do that. So everything you go through before that word is not just for you. You're not going through it. It's going, you're going through it for that word because he don't want that word to come forth. So if he can use your wife, he, he'll do that too. Anything. Stop mama one time. She said, she said, God will use me to, to upset you before you bring that word. He'll use anybody he can. <laughs> the enemy. The enemy will use anybody he can to stop it. So God help us put a heart in us to protect the word because persecution comes for the word's sake. God, and we see that. We see that battle, God. We see that the enemy doesn't want that word to be pure. He doesn't want it to come out pure. He doesn't want it to have an anointing on it. He wants the battle to be too great where people don't even want to preach the word. That's what he wants. But, God, we just make that stand, and we love our spouses. We, we love them, and we give every second we can. But when it comes to the things of God, i got to obey you. And I just give you praise for it. That may be something that y'all, some of y'all can and me will fast and pray over because I don't feel no breakthrough over that. But, but it is something that we just kind of opened the can today. Amen. And if you have any questions about it, don't leave mad. Just come ask me. Because I, I ain't a man, but I lived some of this. I saw my mama. I saw my mama live it. I saw her sit here and cry because she got fought to come fast and pray. You know, I saw that. And she would cry and cry and cry, and she'd go home, and she'd tend to that man, and, and she'd say, God, I just want to go pray. And so I encourage you, if your wife wants to pray, Brother Allen told me, he said, Karen wanted to come pray, and I wanted her to go to Monroe with me. He said, I'll never do that again to another woman, because eventually she didn't want to pray anymore. So, um, you know, encourage them to get into the presence. Don't say, ah, oh, we have enough church. You know, encourage them as much as you can get them in here or or in the presence of God. We thank you, Jesus. So it's open, so what you want to say about it? Fast and pray over that and have a breakthrough over it. In the name of Jesus, God, I thank you, Father. Thank you for exposing the way that spirit operates, God. I thank you, Jesus. Thank you, God, that you don't let the... The, work, the way the enemy works, stay hidden, God, but that you expose the work of the enemy so that we can begin to pray and stop it from operating in our life and we can protect the anointed. We can protect the word, God. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. ma'am thank you jesus thank you jesus thank you god for exposing that thank you jesus oh god thank you jesus that we can put you first god we seek the kingdom of god first and all these things are added unto us thank you jesus thank you jesus hallelujah jesus hallelujah thank you jesus we give you praise, God. Thank you for the word that came forth tonight, God. I thank you, Jesus, for, for teaching us how to let the Holy Spirit respond through us.